Welcome back to Bachelor on the Couch, the podcast where comedy becomes clinical. Today, we're talking about risk-taking and feelings that we experience. So as always, that's Liv. That's Jenna. Take a seat on the couch. And we're back. I like the dance break in between <laughs> us recording our intro and us actually recording. I mean, we are dancers, so. There is that. There is Side that. note, I really like want to get back into dance because I feel like I've lost the art. Come to Chicago. We've got good dance classes. Yes. Every episode is just me finding a new way to try to get Liv to visit me. I will be there. Don't worry. Lies. That's what they always say. Uh, so we've got two weeks of episodes to talk about. Yee. A lot of women. A lot of uh, panicking. A lot of fun dates. Yeah. Can I just say something like really quickly? No. Um. This actually goes into like a favorite moment, but I'm also like kind of annoyed the bachelor bowl or whenever like it's hilarious every single time they do it but i'm annoyed that it's every single time it isn't though there's only been five that's a lot well as someone who's been watching for twelve thousand <laughs> years it really isn't well okay maybe because it takes up like basically half of the episode it feels like it's every single season I feel like I might have an unpopular opinion, and I understand the popular opinion. I love The Bachelor Bowl, but I love chaos. So I understand that, like, like how does this, how does performing well in this actually do anything? I understand it doesn't. Like, this is, this Bachelor Bowl is not going to reach you closer to meeting your best friend. But I do think it's really funny and like it shows a lot about someone's character of being able to go with the flow or put work at or like work hard on something that's really ridiculous. I personally love Bachelor Bowls because I'm like, let's tackle the crap out of one another. Yes. It just seems so repetitive to me. But, you know, there are different characters and personalities that come out of every single one of them. So that's at least a plus. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I feel like over, you know, those two episodes, that was my favorite moment, just like watching everything like explode and everyone was laughing and it like made me laugh. So it was a good time. Yes. No. Always a good time when we're tackling one another over a football <laughs> and extra time with our bachelor. Yes. What about you? What was Uh, your favorite moment? My favorite moment is actually related to what I'm going to talk about later in the episode, but my favorite moments from maybe two episodes ago. So episode two during Christina's one-on-one, which remember how I said, I'm probably going to regret it liking her so much. Mm -hmm. Did you regret it? Yes and no. (laughs) They tried to make her the villain. It was unsuccessful. And then they tried to make her the villain again. And then like, I'm not quite sure if it was actually successful, but then it got her kicked off. And it just, it feels icky. I don't like it. Anyway, that's not even. (laughs) I think the way that he handled it, and I know you're going to talk about this later too, just the way that he was able to kind of like express how he was feeling and then kind of make a decision for himself was really great. Yeah, no, I honestly think 
And part of my favorite moment is really just throughout the season. But the thing I was going to pick on for the favorite moment was about when she told him that she was a mother and that dating her is uh, there's a package deal. And his reaction was so real. It wasn't like rainbows and butterflies. It was real. It was like, oh, shoot. Like, I don't I haven't thought about this or am I ready for this? Right. So his reaction being so real from in that example, as well as kind of across the board, how he's handled the last three episodes, I think he's done really wonderfully. The part that bothers me about this whole like Christina villain-ish saga is I think there's a lot to be said over how women handle conflict. For example, Brianna, who I really liked at the start, and then her insecurities kind of got the best of her. And then I think everyone can agree that that first night of Christina going, I hate you, JK, that it was kidding. And I can also understand where Brianna might, that might make her feel really insecure. And she's allowed to feel insecure. She's allowed to have that experience. But then in that conversation that she pulled Christina aside, they talked about it, tried to resolve it. Where Christina felt, it felt to me at least really genuine of like, I don't want you to feel this way because of something I did. And I'm sorry that I made you feel like I am sorry that I did this. My intention was not to do so. However, I recognize that's the impact. I apologize. To then say that the issue is handled or solved, et cetera, but then to bring it over to talk to Zach about. Yeah. To me, that's okay. Are you this one individual is under the impression that it is handled, it's been addressed, and that you guys can move forward trying to do better? And if that's not the case, that's really dishonest. So that's an example of kind of Brianna doing that. But I, I feel like what we saw with the group date again, Christina was making individuals feel really uncomfortable. Again, that makes sense. If I were in their shoes, would I have wanted to be hearing about her one on one date or hearing about how she should have gotten the rose? No, of course not. So I think I forget um, the blonde woman who kind of called her out a couple times during that date. I understand that being like, hey, this is how I'm feeling or this is how we're feeling. Can we address it and try to move forward, move on? And then when she was when Christina was talking to Zach, she was like, two women talked to me about something. I thought it was handled. I thought it was addressed. And here I am like, I guess it's not. But I think the part that was frustrating to watch as someone who liked her, and I don't necessarily think the other women were in the wrong. I also don't necessarily think Christina was in the wrong. I just think there's something to be said about how you handle conflict. And if you're going to address it and then say it's done, dusted, we can move on. You have to actually implement that and do that. You can't say it's done, dusted, we can move on and then bring it up again, either to that person or to an outside party, in this case being Zach. Like it, it just feels a little dishonest and disingenuous. Hmm. Yeah, like it needed to be resolved and it kind of was resolved within like the girls themselves but then i think this happens a lot on the bachelor and the bachelorette that like they think that bringing some of the issues or challenges to that person that it's going to make them seem like the hero yeah and i think that's like it's just kind of them boosting their ego, but it ultimately hurts them in the long run. Well, I think Brianna's a really great example. Here she is in in last week's episode. Here she is talking to Zach about how, yeah, this woman in the house made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, they um they said this, they said this. Like, do you want to know who it is? And he's like, 
No, not really. If mm-hmm. it's handled, it's handled. It, like if it's handled, it's handled. And I want to trust that. And then he proceeds to be like, hey, in terms of our connection, I feel like there's this reserve. I feel like we're not, you can feel like you can't open up to me. And to her, she's like shocked and confused by that. And I think when you bring, when you use your time to talk about another woman in the house, you're harming your potential connection. And something my mama and I used to say when we'd watch together was like, the second you decide to be the one to say, you know what, I will tell him what's happening in the house. I will tell him what's going on. You've moved from trying to be his romantic partner and you've moved to being his buddy. Mm-hmm. You've moved to being his bro. Yeah. Hey, bro, this is what's happening in the house. You should know about it. Yeah. As opposed to using your time to be like, how can we get to know each other better? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting dynamics, but, you know, she gone. I don't necessarily, they tried to make her to be the villain. I don't necessarily think she was a villain. I also no. don't necessarily think the other women in the house were a villain. I just think the whole situation could have been handled better. Yeah. It's the way that it's handled. They're them as humans. Like, that's not the issue. It's like how they react and handle it. <laughs> exactly. Emotions are high. Insecurities are being really highlighted and focused on. At the end of the day, from what we've seen so far, I think Zach is doing a really good job of trying to navigate what fits best for him, what he wants, um, which is nice to see at least. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a breath of fresh air because I feel like our previous bachelors didn't you know handle those things as well. <laughs> no, I think something you called on in our first. In the first episode of the season, and you called on really highlighting Zach's emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we need. We need a boring man who's emotionally mature. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, it's not that I think you're boring. I just think there's not enough trauma. <laughs> Is that better? I don't know. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I am enjoying this season so far, and I think Zach's been really a, a joy to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And the dates, I mean, they're just <laughs> Yeah, tell me about these dates. Oh, so adventurous. And I also feel like again, they're kind of repetitive from previous seasons, but they're still great. So what I picked up on was a lot of like risk-taking dates. Um, especially the one with, and I can't remember her name, but it was in the third episode. Um, they went skydiving and then I think like on their like one-on-one chat, like she ended up crying and saying things like, I'm very damaged from like guys running away from me when things get hard. But it's just, it was interesting to me that on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like they're doing so many like daredevil risk-taking dates that they're just kind of jumping into. And that connects back to the whole theme of being open and curious to love and the feelings that come along with it. So I think why they're doing a lot of these dates is to maybe see if you feel safe enough with the person to jump out of a plane. (laughs) There's that. (laughs) But also to see if you're just ready to kind of take that risk and jump right in and see what happens. Kind of like going into that unknown, which can be scary and anxiety provoking, but like in the long run, maybe it helps them 
decide something. Maybe it helps Zach, and we've seen this. I don't want to say weed out the, <laughs> the weed out girls. the weaklings. Yeah, the girls that he doesn't enjoy, but like it helps him to go off of that gut reaction and that instinct rather than maybe over thinking or overanalyzing. No, I also agree that there's something to be said with a lot of the dates being physically tolling or mentally, emotionally tolling, having to take that risk, having to jump out of that airplane, having to do something in heights, having to beat the crap out of each other on a football field, right? Mm -hmm. Like these things that are physically demanding, mentally, emotionally demanding. But with those different risks, there's this element of What's that risk reward look like, as well as being able to practice trusting your gut Mm -hmm. when it comes to love and as you're kind of pursuing this connection. And as he keeps saying, I'm looking for my best friend. So how does he want to handle challenging things physically, mentally, emotionally with his best friend? Yeah. What's your ideal uh, risky date? Ooh, so I've already been bungee jumping. I want to go bungee jumping. Yeah, that was really fun. I blacked out. Um, honestly, I I do want to go skydiving. Skydiving? Like, that is next on my bucket list. And also, I feel like a date starting with the um, simulation skydiving, that it's, like, indoors. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, we have one in Chicago. It's, like, the indoor, like, sky. Yeah, so, like, starting there and then working our way up to, <laughs> to The same skydiving. day? Oh, yeah. Okay. Impressive. Impressive. What about you? I don't know if I'm the type of like risky first date personally. I don't think it would be. I think I would be a walking red flag if they were like, we're going to do something mentally and emotionally tolling on day one. I'll be like, here I am a red flag. My ideal risky date is uh, you take me shopping, but don't tell me what the budget is. I think that that's my ideal risky date. Yeah. Minimal risk on my end (laughs) retail therapy you wanted to kind of go back to what you were mentioning in your favorite moments and talk about feelings here we are a therapy podcast time to talk (laughs) about our feelings yes something that has really been sticking out to me and i touched on this a little bit already with the favorite moment but i think we have so many examples is watching zach navigate his feelings as he goes through this journey. One of the things that we talk about in ACT work or ACT therapy, acceptance commitment therapy, is acknowledging and accepting things as they are. And that includes the emotions that we experience. That being said, it's not to say that we enjoy every feeling that comes up, But it's can we acknowledge and accept the emotions that are coming up as they are without manufacturing them or without seeking to change them? Um, And so far, watching Zach kind of navigate these different things that have popped up, different dates, whether it's falling for someone or hearing of the fact that this woman that he's really liking and enjoying that connection has a daughter and having to process. I'm terrified at the idea of being a dad in this moment. And this is something, a reality check that I need and that I'm welcoming and that I'm opening up to. I think he's doing a really great job of kind of going wherever the feelings are going and letting them just be. They're not ranking them as good or bad, but just letting them be and acknowledging them and taking them for what they are as little messengers. 
So using the fatherhood example, he said something along the lines of where, yeah, he's like terrified about that idea, but he was thanking the fact he's like, this is, I'm, this scares me, but I'm really thankful that I'm having this moment to kind of realize that I'm scared of this or realize what my initial reaction is. Because those are, that's really telling. When we try to force our emotions to be a certain way, we actually amplify the distress associated with the distressing emotion. There's no should way to feel. It's not you should feel this way or you're supposed to react this way. When we try to set this expectation of what it should look like or what it should be, we open ourselves up to so much more distress, so much more anxiety, so much more discomfort, as opposed to letting the emotions just exist. Maybe they're a comfortable emotion. Maybe it's an uncomfortable emotion. But when we allow it to just exist the way that it is, it gives that emotion opportunity to one, maybe give us a message or two, flow the way it needs to flow so that it doesn't stick around longer than it wants to or get stickier. I think we're seeing him do a really great job of taking things as they are and trying to respond accordingly as opposed to dictating, it is bad that I'm anxious about this thing, or it's good that I'm that this conversation is going well as opposed to this, or not trying to force things, not trying to force relationships, not trying to force interactions with different women, let, trying to let things be natural, trying to let things flow the way that they are. I think it's really easy to be caught up in, well, what what wouldn't what would someone else feel like? The normal way to feel. What's the right way to feel? And especially in a situation like the Bachelor, the Bachelorette, where you were either one man trying to find your partner amongst thirty women, or you're a woman surrounded by a bunch of other women who are all dating the same guy. There's no right way to feel, and that's okay. <laughs> People are going to feel differently. People are going to respond and react differently. One's not a right way. One's not a wrong way. They just exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it goes back to the idea of being non-judgmental towards your feelings and thoughts. I think we've talked about this before, but I always use the um, image of like thoughts floating on a log down a river. Um, yes. So you're just noticing and you're acknowledging that those thoughts are there, but you're not judging them. You're not picking them apart. You're just being aware that those thoughts might be in your brain. And I think the same things go with letting feelings just be there, letting them come up as they come up <laughs> and being non-judgmental towards them. I think as a society, we get caught up a lot in the the stigma of why are we feeling these quote-unquote negative emotions? Like, why are we sad like why are we angry like we shouldn't be feeling this way we should be... I don't want to feel sad therefore I right. shouldn't feel sad right and I think we get caught up in the idea of oh we're like not allowed to feel this way or that it's bad if we feel mm -hmm. that way I love the analogy of leaves on a stream the, that stream kind of taking the thoughts off an analogy that I'll use to kind of practice can we have that neutrality towards these emotions or different like thoughts, be them negative or positive, wherever our brain decides to go or wants to go. I use the analogy of if you're walking a bunch of dogs at the same time, if the dogs are your thoughts and your feelings and the sidewalk is like moving towards the things that are important to you or the things that you want to be doing, the pup, like if you've ever tried to walk 
one dog, let alone multiple dogs at once, the likelihood of you being able to get them to all be on the sidewalk the entire time is you're dreaming. Like that's not, dogs are going to kind of want to run off and they're going to do what they want to do. If there's a bird, they might go chase it. If there's a patch of grass that just smells so interesting, they're going to try to stop and sniff it as long as they can. The dogs and puppies are going to do whatever they want to do. And they're not doing anything wrong. They're just being a puppy. They're just Mm -hmm. being a dog. So if the dog is sniffing this patch of grass and it's really interested in this patch of grass, are we going to like try to yank and get mad at the dog and try to pull it right back towards the sidewalk? Or are we going to go, oh yeah, that's a really great piece of grass that you found. Okay, come on. We got to go. We want to go this way. Yeah. It's very non-judgmental. It's noticing, oh yeah, that bunny is in the corner. Isn't that, yeah, I see that bunny across the street. That's fantastic. But right now we're doing that. Yeah. Treating our brain in the same way. Can our thoughts and our feelings, even if we don't necessarily want to stop for them, or we don't necessarily like that they're there, we can acknowledge them and direct our focus and our effort and our energy towards the things that are important to us. Of I can feel sad and try to further my connection with this person that I want to build a connection with. Those I can do that statements. Long, <laughs> huh? Yes. Yes. And statements. <laughs> if we treated our brain a little bit more like we're walking a bunch of puppies, we might be nicer to where our brain decides to go. Mm-hmm. Woof, woof. <gasps> yeah. Any other kind of thoughts on those pieces? But a lot, lots to think about this early yeah, on. Yeah. I think both of our analogies um, are great ways to think of taking a non-judgmental stance towards your feelings. And I think it does come with a lot of practice. Like it's not going to be easy. It's It might be challenging to just kind of let go instead of judging every thought or feeling that comes up. Um, but I think it's also like tying into a little bit of mindfulness, practicing being aware and letting those feelings and thoughts float or sniff, I guess. <laughs> um, let them sniff, let them float. Let them, yeah, that's the perfect way to end sniff and flow. Sniff and float. That sounds a little bit like we're promoting drugs, but it's fine. <laughs> Nugs, not drugs, everyone. <laughs> Sniff and float. Have a good night. (laughs) And I think that's all we have for today. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow Bachelor on the Couch on Instagram and Facebook and Batch on the Couch on Twitter and TikTok. Or check us out at bachelorandthecouch.com and send us an email at bachelorandthecouch at gmail.com. That's that. Bye.